Vajjana Trimanandasya Jana Jana Salakaya Chakshuan Melitanyena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Vajjakopadhubhyascha Kibhisindabhyevacha Patita Nam Pabhanebhyo Vaishna Vajjana Mo Namaha So good evening Welcome back to the temple of Gauradha Madhava Sri Upadesha Amrita Rupa Goswami's Cliff Notes on Devotional Practice. He's given us a handbook, but for those that find the handbook too clumbersome to carry around, uh, we have this little book, Upadeshamrita. And so if we ever have some, some need for a proper application of a compass to find our way, these 11 verses are sufficient in themselves to to properly situate our situate our uh, our devotional practice from what we should be careful to avoid to what we should take great care to adopt to how we should interact with the lord's devotees in this world in a loving way and not involve ourselves in an emotional way with personalities which are going to take away from our development of of a devotional mood. This is not heartlessness, this is heartfulness. If we really want our heart to become full, then we have to do what's in the best interest of cultivating a pure heart. Devotional service is this process whereby there is a constant reassessment of where we are, what's in our best interest in attaining our spiritual prospect, and what has to be eliminated. And this changes as we go on in our devotional life. There is always this accepting what is favorable and and rejecting what is unfavorable and what was uh, favorable at one time may become unfavorable as we advance. What was unfavorable uh, may become favorable. And this fine discrimination in the beginning is provided by the careful guidance of the guru. Uh, so the Shiksha Guru, generally this is also the Diksha Guru, although not always, always, but generally. And sometimes there are rare instances where uh, that Shiksha, that direction is coming from from uh, a Guru in who's who's coming to us in, in a in a uh, what we would call an orthodox manner. So we see in Bhagavatam. Uh, the end of the Bhagavatam, the twelfth canto, someone taking from the environment the direction of Guru and molding his spiritual practice from that instruction. So, in in the different different uh, occurrences of material phenomena, he's seeing the spiritual significance and acquiring guidance there. 
So even the guru may come in a in a in a in a, uh, in a u- unique manner to us. So in the beginning, that fine discrimination for the kanista is is not there. Uh, so therefore, the kanista he he grabs firmly to the to the lotus feet of his guru and and stays close uh, to. Uh, to his spiritual master so that he can learn how to properly step and where to properly step go going forward. And as he advances uh, from one stage to the other, uh, that nearness to the spiritual master is always there, but it's coming differently in that he now has some spiritual responsibility coming from Kanista to Mudjam there is some some pretty intense work going on in the cleansing of the heart Uh, and uh, the Mudjam is thinking I will only concern my spiritual master with those things which are really creating impediments for me. The rest I have, the association of devotees I have. So it's only he only goes in the rarest of things. He, he has he uses that fine discrimination that's developing in his spiritual character to make the right choice as to when to and when not to approach. Uh, there are, there are also exceptions to that. Uh, Guru Maharaj tells the story of uh, one uh, brahmachari. I forget what temple it is was, but uh, he he had gone through his whole life so closely attached to the to his spiritual master that he would not even do at advanced age. <laughs> what one would think one would be able to to do without getting permission like can I go to town and pick out a madunga well I can I check with my spiritual master first so and for some that may be the course this is not some cookie cutter process Krishna consciousness. This Krishna consciousness is a is is a very personal endeavor, and we need personal guidance. And our personalities create different situations that uh, that play out in different ways as we advance. And. As we touched on when we were, when we were reviewing Madhurya Kadamani, we can see uh, the symptoms of, let's take for example, Anista Bhajana Kriya, unsteady devotional practice, are coming to devotees in different ways. So we know there, there is a stage of uh, initial enthusiasm. But that, that is going to play out differently for different devotees. Some 
initial enthusiasm will be expressed just in a, in, a, in a thirst to read every single book until you realize I'm really confusing myself here by trying to read all these books. Maybe I should just back off and get a real grasp of, of the basics uh, and concentrate my study. So the initial enthusiasm played out for that particular intellectually inclined devotee, maybe coming from a background, as we were speaking before, uh, a samskara, uh, a predilection, what do you say? Uh, 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 towards God. So their enthusiasm is going to be played out that way. The other devotee, his enthusiasm may play out in... Uh, in, uh, in, in, in service another may play out in, the, in kirtan or, or, uh, or preaching and sometimes a, a, uh, an interesting thing when the, uh, when the, 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 the foundational knowledge sambandhyan is a little bit lacking than the preaching uh, initial enthusiasm of preaching can uh, can play out uh, and wreak havoc sometimes as I personally observed when I uh, visited uh, a relative after I'd just become a devotee and uh, I proceeded to tell them at the dinner table how they were all demons uh, <laughs> and going to hell forever and uh, I couldn't sit here and eat with them anymore and uh, you know broke their heart it's like so, this can happen. This <laughs> utzahamai, uh, we we think we. So, uh, my point is that continually, the heavy lifting has to be done with some good, some good discrimination. In the beginning, we take that from the guru as much as we need. Once we have a little standing, then we. There's a process of acceptance and elimination. What was once serving my practice now has to be set aside. This kind of brings us to the topic of this evening, uh, which is the uh, sixth verse. And we've already covered some of this, but there's a few thoughts, remaining thoughts I want to share with you in regards to this. So let's hear the verse again in English. Let's see which copy we have. Let's go to this one. Devotees situated in this material world should not be viewed with material vision. In other words, one should not consider them to be ordinary conditioned souls. The imperfections visible in their natures, such as birth in a low caste, harshness, lethargy, and so forth, so forth, and the imperfections visible in their bodies, such as ugly features, disease, deformities, and so on, are precisely like the appearance of bubbles, foam, and mud in the Ganges. Despite such apparent pollution, in the water of the Ganges, she retains her nature as liquefied transcendence. 
Similarly, the self-realized Vaishnavas always exist on the transcendental plane, and one should not attribute material defects to them. So the first question would be, well, how do I apply this? Do I apply this to everybody? Or do I just apply it to the sadhus? Is there discrimination here? If somebody just walked in the door, uh, as opposed to my spiritual master, who's, you know, on the highest plane. So, devotees situated in this material world should not be viewed with material vision. Which devotees? All devotees? Some devotees? Some material vision? A little bit? Is it gray? Are there shades of gray? Is it... How do, I, how do I look at this instruction? How do I apply this instruction? In a broad sense or in a narrow sense? Uh, and it's a valid question. How do we apply such an instruction? Well, the application of the instruction will be as we opened this evening done according to our power of spiritual discrimination. The Kanista Adhikari is going to look at this and he's going to say, okay, yes, I only apply, this means guru. These sadhus, yes, these people we apply. Because the Kanista doesn't even have the discrimination to see that there's a distinction between himself and the Madhyamadhikari. It hasn't come to him yet. In fact, sometimes, just beginning, he has even a hard time seeing the sadhu. He will come to the temple and offer the deity, oh, there's God, let me give some donation, my prayer here. What a boy this time. Uh, Thank you very much. And the sadhu's sitting there giving discourse, and he may just, not even hear a word out of his lips. Kanista may be worshipping the Lord and the sadhu comes to the door and he's like, uh, I hear the door knocking, but I have to finish my pooch. Uh, so he doesn't even, it's, he doesn't have the discrimination to know how to act. His application of this verse is going to be different from the Majjim's application of this verse. And the Majjimadakari is going to apply this verse differently according to whether he's in unsteady, whether he's still unsteady, or steady, and how much taste he has, and how much sambandagyan he, he has under his, he has in his, what do you say, under your belt. Or something for a woman, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> sorry. So, uh, discrimination is there in applying this according to qualification. Someone who's Ruchi, Asakti, Bhava, whose prospect of Prem is there, he's, he's 
he's ready. He's finishing up material existence. Yes, no, not enough, not enough. He's root. He has no taste for material things. This may be his last, you know, for what he's foray in, in material existence. Uh, his next one will be in 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 what appears to be a material existence with Krishna's associates in a material world. How's he going to look at this? He doesn't look. He looks, I have no qualification. I'm nothing. I only, you know, everybody, every other entity is a devotee. So his application is going to be entirely different. So when you look to application, as I said, it's a process of elimination, acceptance for what is, what is working, and then that's gone, and then again, again, we have to keep, as Bhaktivinoda Thakur points out, you advance to the next stage of devotional practice, make sure your foot is firmly situated there. Then you raise the other foot and bring it up to there so we have some work to do in the matter where we have to acquire sufficient sambandagyan to be able to tread the path responsibly intelligently and application of verses like this it's not, as I said, a cookie-cutter affair. It's going to be done according to where we are. But it's not rocket science. It's not beyond our comprehensive abilities. Krishna is there. He says in Bhagavad Gita, I am seated in everyone's heart. Sarvasya amriti sanivisto matasmritir janamapona anamcha. From me comes knowledge, remembrance, and forgetfulness. I'm, I'm there. I'm going to hold your hand through this. I'm doing most of the heavy lifting. Although you don't realize it, I'm the one that's scrubbing and mopping them when it comes to your heart. You're thinking, oh, I'm, I'm chanting and cleaning my heart. And Krishna's saying, hey, you have no strength to clean your hearts. My material energy can defeat you in a heartbeat. The whole heart can, affair can come to an end in a second. So... But, in the beginning, we have to think like this. Otherwise, you know, we're, we're conditioned to think we're the doer and we have to think it's from our doing that we're advancing. And as we come to a certain later platform in devotional life and we associate with the sadhus and we hear what they're saying and what they hear is coming in the ear and actually going into the heart and penetrating our, our, our intelligence then we see, well, actually, yeah, wow, there's a lot of depth here. And 
But as I say, it's not rocket science. It's simple. And it comes, it's simple for the simple one. Let us become the most simple so we can simply understand it. It doesn't, it just requires our sincerity of purpose. So how how would how would how should I speak on this verse? How do you speak? You say, well, it, it's it's different. It's based on your position is how you're going to apply this instruction from Rupa Goswami. Now I can't tell you how the how the Uttama is going to apply it, except in theory. In theory, he. He has no discrimination and he has no self he sees himself only in relation with that supreme self. So his way of application and the application of the Kinesis is entirely different here. But the significance, as I said, we're looking at Cliff Notes, something to take with us. Take this with you. Do not look at devotees in a material way. If you see some material defect, either in their character or their form, you must overlook that and look inside. In commenting on this verse, uh, Bhakti Rakshak Sridhardev Goswami uh, mentions that, uh, that his spiritual master, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami, had a practice in their temple. <laughs> I can't imagine how this would be applied, but he did it with his, his young men, his disciples. He would see if there was some 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 disrespectfulness or something between one devotee and another. And he would instruct the one who was having difficulty with the other, oh no, you must now serve him as you would serve me. You must find that good in him that allows you to do some service to him. And you must overlook what is distracting you from see from your seeing him for what he really is, Krishna's devotee. So are we ready to adopt this? Anybody ready to practice? I mean, this is what advancing devotional service means, that we are able to eliminate that which is of no spiritual substance from our practice. We're able to eliminate from our mind and our heart those feelings and those viewpoints of another devotee which take me away from the service I must be willing to render them. That take me away from those expressions of love that Rupa is given just what how many verses before one verse before no two where are we at here we're on six four six so two verses ago 
dadati prati grinati guya makyati prachite bhakti bonjayate chaiva sadvidam prati lakshana giving prashadam giving prashadam not not just here's your here no giving prashadam here please prabhu you take this this is so nice Krishna has tasted this and you deserve this prashadam giving prashadam accepting prashadam really having love with those people which are lovable we've discussed determining that determination of there uh, who's lovable and who who's who's respectable but at a distance how to develop the spiritual vision is what Rupa Goswami is talking about today in this verse how to develop the spiritual vision of seeing only the best in Krishna's devotees The Uttama will not discriminate between... He does discriminate between who's a devotee and who's not a devotee. I'm not a devotee and everybody else is. That's his discrimination. The Madhyamadakari, he discriminates. There's Krishna, they're the innocent, they're the devotees, and they're those people that are just downright antagonistic and resentful of Krishna and his devotees. So he, 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 he determines who he's going to associate according to that mentality, which is explained to us, well, was explained by Krishna to Uddhava um, when they were having a discussion before Krishna departed. Krishna, Uddhava was brokenhearted. You can't leave. What, no. I'm coming with you. No, you have to stay. No, I'm not staying. You've got to take me. No, I have another couple things for you to do here. Well, then you stay here and we'll do them together. No, I'm leaving and you're... No, I can't. So, okay, let's sit out and have a discussion here. Let me put you on the platform of God enough to do this, these few simple tasks and then we can embrace again soon. Oh, some instruction. Another Gita was delivered to pull Uddhava out of his funk enough that he could do his service. Did it work? Yeah. But that's Krishna's mystic opulence. He can he can pull out his sword of knowledge at any time and use it to whatever means he wants. Whether it be with Uddhava uh, when he's winding up his pastimes or whether it be with the gopis when he's decided to play a trick and disappear from their vision he'll pull out his sword of knowledge and of course he had a hard time with that oh okay back to the verse um, so this distinction is there um, how, how we actually always see spiritually Krishna's devotees and how much beneficial that is for us and understand that the majority of these directives this is all for us 
This is all from the Mudjamadakaris. No matter where they are in their in their advancement in sadhana bhakti, these books are written for the sadhikas. And later, the sadhika as he advances more, and he he leaves the framework of of sadhana and enters into a very deep relationship which we'll touch on in the next couple verses in in developing his heart and his loving mood for Krishna as he steps from sadhana bhakti into bhava bhakti moves forward in that um, he's still appear, he's still appearing uh, and and following all this what we would call Vaidhi practice, but his his heart and his intelligence is is elsewhere. Sadika Siddha. He's a perfect sadika, but he's also becoming a siddha. So he has his internal actions and his external actions, and they're going on at the same time. Which brings us to one aspect of this verse which needs to be seen by the sadhika is when we look at the great sadhus and we notice that their activities, we may say, well, you know, they're not, they're not doing what I'm doing. They're, I should do what they're doing. Uh, Guru's not coming to the morning program. He's, uh, he's, dictating or he's writing or studying or just chanting and uh, you know I should just follow in his footsteps I won't go to Mangalarti I don't need that I can. no that's not following that's imitating that will not serve us well so similarly again when we look at uh, at how the the advanced devotees act again it's in a different way than what Rupa is speaking to here, but it still applies in that we don't judge from a material perspective. We don't think, because as I said, there's a process of acceptance and elimination, and they may their practice may be much different than ours. So the bubbles and the foam and the mud that are in the Ganges are not in any way affecting it and these perfections, imperfections that we may see due to our material conditioning uh, in the devotees uh, should never affect our, our, uh, our proper seeing. We need to see what? Through the eyes of Shastra. So we see the devotees for what they really are, and that is the most dear thing in Krishna. He he loves his devotees more than anything. If we have any hope of uh, attaining his favor, we're going to keep that in mind. That's going to be at the forefront of our of our devotional practice. There's no way I'm going to attain the favor of the supreme if I if my attitude is unfavorable towards his devotees. There's no hope for me in that regard. 
in commenting on this verse, uh, we naturally are are drawn to, and most of the commentators are drawn to, Krishna's instructions in Bhagavad Gita. Apichet sudaracharo bhajatevam ananyabhak sudor evasa mantavya samyag vyasahitosi sa. So, Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar Dev Goswami relays in his commentary uh, an interesting uh, pastime in this regard. In regards to Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur, Bhakti Vinod Thakur had a dream. He had a dream, too. He had a dream, and in his dream, he was, uh, it's like, you know, out in space, just walking along doing his japa. And uh, he came across an assembly. Who's in the assembly? Oh, Yamaraj and Brahma and Narada and other sages and they're discussing this very verse and they're a little perplexed by the verse and the one that follows it so translation is even if the most ill-behaved person intently engages in exclusive devotional service unto me he is worthy of being considered a saintly person due to his intelligence being fixed in devotion. He quickly becomes righteous and attains eternal peace, O son of Kunti. Rest assured that my devotee never perishes. So they're discussing this about themselves and they're saying, wait, this word, Ananyabak, it's an exclusive... It's an exclusive expression. One who's exclusively devoted to me. So if somebody that is exclusively devoted to me is somehow ill-behaved or some character flaw, maybe becomes angry, maybe he's short with people, whatever. Uh, Christian cover carries that. He, it's, it's okay. They're like, well, but Ananya he's already firmly situated. So, what's this next verse mean? It seems that he's talking about someone that's Ananya Bach. He is. If the Ananya Bach, who's completely devoted to me, he's already complete, his Dharma is only me. That's what this means. So his dharma is only sarva dharmam parityajya mame kam saranam vraja. He's he's totally surrendered to me. So if there's some flaw, we, you know, you don't you do not take it seriously. So then we have this follow up. He quickly becomes righteous. Wait a minute. Ananya Bhak means he's already righteous. He's already fully surrendered. So what can this mean? So you can imagine Yamaraj, Yudhisthir, and Brahma and Narada trying to figure this verse out. Oh, and they see Bhaktivinoda Thakur chanting 
taking the holy name and walking in the clouds. There's a devotee, Krishna's devotee. He'll know what this means. So you come, you tell us what this means. Bhaktivinod says, he says, oh, yeah, that's simple. The second verse is referring to the way we look at that sadhu. Not the sadhu himself. The sadhu himself is already firmly fixed in devotional practice. So if you see him do wrong and you don't take it seriously, you realize he's Krishna's devotee. He can do no wrong even if I see wrong. And even if the world sees wrong, they should see right. And even if there actually is wrong, it's okay because Krishna says there is no wrong there. Don't see that. So the second verse is talking about you, when you develop that vision, when you've developed that vision to not see faults in my ananya devotee, my devotee who's fully dedicated to me, when you've developed that vision, very quickly do you become perfect. Okay, thank you. Now we understand. <laughs> so, this vision of, of of seeing that there is no fault in the devotee and if I see a fault it's in my eye and if I take up the unfortunate position of looking for the fault in the devotees then those faults will come to me they are in me and they will be brought out how to develop that vision culture that vision and and relish the vision that if even in ourselves, someone else is finding some fault and taking that, all right, that must be there. Krishna's devotees are finding it. Let me confirm that with my guru. Is this fault here? What should I do? He will say, no, that's okay. This is not your fault. Or yes, and actually think of, think of this. How to become that humble? That is the characteristic of, of steady devotion. This is the beginning of steadiness for the Madhyam Adhikari when, when that level of humility is coming to us. Does anybody have a question? I have a question, but I just wanted to add when you were talking about um, serving, like if you have a problem with a devotee, I think you said Sridhar Maharaj said that well, he had a practice. His temple did. And that's also, I was reading some time ago, um, the story of the soul, which is the journal of St. Teresa. And she, there's quite a lot about that. And that's how she would deal with whenever she, you know, was having trouble with one of the other nuns. Yeah, so talk about ego effacing. Really, really, you know, annoying habits, and she would just make a point of serving those people. Yeah. And, and, and she said it's just so powerful, but it really does. That the Lord takes away the, uh, the bad feelings. That's uh, that's ego ego effacement in the in the nth degree. 
if you can engage in that, that's that's really beneficial. Yes, that sir. question tags along the Sumatians. <clears throat> but say you have, you know, nice relations with specific devotees, and then all of a sudden they po start pointing out all these faults and stuff, and this is the do it, gotta do it this way. What do you do in that case? You consult uh, with uh, your mentors. We have so many mentors. We all have mentors. There's none of us that don't have somebody we can go and, and discuss such things with and put it into perspective because sometimes if we rely on our mind, uh, it's not the best thing. It may give us bad advice. Uh, and Of course, the bad advice of retribution is always there and based on the material conditioning because, well, we're living in a world of continual retribution, dog-eat-dog -dog world. So whenever somebody attacks me uh, physically in my prior uh, sojourns and so many births, I, I attacked back. And either I was the defeater or defeated. <laughs> so when we come to the, to the human form of life, it becomes a little bit more subtle and we're deal, dealing with exactly the same thing, but now we're dealing with it on a, on a mental plane. So they're attacking my ego and my natural instinct is let me attack back. Let me, let me set them straight. They don't understand me. They, don't, they have no idea what I'm about. And they could be right or they could be wrong. You could be right or... So we, we, we the more advanced devotee, he'll be able to make a determination with his discrimination and... Uh, and as I said, accept or reject. It's continually a process of acceptance and rejection. You may have association. You may be in the Sangha of devotees where it's not nurturing your spiritual growth and you must separate yourself somewhat from that Sangha. This, this is going on. We see that even with, uh, with uh, your spiritual master. Sometimes with my spiritual master, uh, my Diksha and Siksha Guru Srila Prabhupada, he had to make a separation for his for the nourishment and for the, you know, his spiritual practice. So, you know, we don't do these things whimsically, though, and based on, as I said, based on our position, these decisions are made with some fine intelligence, and if we don't feel our intelligence is fine enough, then go to those that you f have faith in. Would you and you'll think, get good guidance. Would you think that, you know, appreciating them more but at a distance is... Course. You have to, you have to work according to your capacity. If you take on more than you can do, then it can have an opposite effect. So, I mean, Mother Savati's talking here about great saintly nuns who are have that level of ego effacement that they can serve those, and if you aren't yet qualified for that level of of humility, then it could simply make you bitter and, and, hate, and hateful towards that person. So again, we, we require fine discrimination and guidance in all these things. So I'm sure in Bhakti Siddhanta's temple this was not done whimsically. It was done with some good guidance, 
It wasn't like, you got to serve him. You know, it was done, you know, you, you need to see this is going to nurse. Do you really want to be Krishna's devotee? What do you want? What are you here for? We have to ask ourselves every day, what the heck are we here for? What do we want out of this? Are we are, are we still focused? Is our, is our what do they say? Uh, is your eye still on the ball? You got to keep your eye on the ball, otherwise this Krishna consciousness is going to, you know, you're just going to be uh, lost. You have to work according to your capacity. You have to use fine intelligence, and you have to see that you're progressing. You have to assess yourself: Am I progressing? Am I chanting better rounds? Am I more, you know? And, and sometimes you'll see you're going backwards, but at least seeing you're going backwards is a is a going forward to for some. Having having those abilities is is, is uh, needs to be done with with uh, good intelligence and and good determination. Does that answer your question? Yeah, thank you. So anything else? I thank you for your association. Hare Krishna.